doing? I'm great. I was still in diapers then, by the way. So it is nice. It is nice to talk to you again, Connor. Many moons, many moons. Okay, Steve. Favorite Christmas movie? What would it be? And do you think Declan Kruger is really going to get the people going today? Uh, he always gets the people going. Which you're right. If you if you don't get the people going, you're not doing radio correctly. If I only get one Christmas movie between now and the end of time, I'm taking Scrooge. Uh, Bill Murray, classic. Oh. oh. <laughs> It's beyond a classic. I've probably seen that movie, oh, I'm not going to lie, 30 times. And I find something new every time, and I laugh at the same stupid jokes every time. And my wife looks at me like, how can you think that's funny still? I'm like, because it is. You know, that's the key. I mean, if you're only watching it once a year for 30 years, it, it, the jokes stay fresh, in my opinion. So I'll hold right. off on mine, because I know Duncan's going to give his, and maybe I'll have to do a little input. But that is a very good selection. We've seen that a little bit here on the text line. Uh, Steve, we'll talk Oilers and hockey in a second here, but I want to ask you a question. I am a fan, unfortunately, of the Los Angeles Chargers, and they got absolutely stomped last night by the Vegas Raiders. So when a game gets out of hand like that, what is the message to the broadcast crew as they go on? Because, I mean, you can only talk about how bad the game is for so long. That's right. And what you do at that point as a producer is you rely on the commentators and you hit their key during a break and say, guys, this is a dog. What can we show that will entertain the viewers? And I'm telling you right now, this is the beauty of, of on-air people. They, can, they will give you seven things. Watch this middle linebacker. Let's watch this. Let's keep an eye on this. Let's talk a little bit how this team is setting up their defense, or maybe let's go back and examine why the Raiders are clobbering them. And then as soon as you have a bone to chew on in the truck, you're, you're great. You can do whatever you want. But you have to think outside the box because if you just fall into the pattern of, you know, huddle, snap, uh, tackle, whistle, replay, huddle, snap, it's not entertaining, but that's when you really have to rely on the people around you to tell you what they think would be decent television, and then you just play off that. Good answer. I appreciate that because I was out at a local, the Canadian brew house out here. Big fan of the, their, their locations, big sponsor of our station, so shout out to the brew house. Of course, they had the Oilers audio on, so I was kind of curious about what the broadcast crew would be talking about in a game that went the way it did. Now, for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, when you look at this team, uh, we, we've talked about it quite a bit on the show already, and almost a catch-22 situation for the Oilers goaltending. You want to see what Stuart Skinner can do as the guy, but also he needs a break. That means getting Calvin Pickard in, and we don't know what Calvin Pickard can do because in his career he's never really been the guy who can hang around and do it consistently. So when you look at this Oilers goaltending situation, uh, what do you make of the whole thing, and, and do you think you just have to kind of ride it out with Stuart Skinner? Well, first off, Connor, I would say this. I don't think there is such a thing as a goaltending situation anymore. I don't think that exists in the NHL. I think we're talking about a defensive situation because I don't think goaltenders really matter much anymore. What are you doing in front of them? And are they making the five saves a game that really they have no business making, but they make anyway? And I think back in the day, five goalies could win the Stanley Cup. I think now 25 goalies could win the Stanley Cup depending on how the team plays in front of them. So the problem with last night, and, and I know Calvin Pickard won a recent game. I can't remember which game it was, but he made a bunch of saves, especially late, that he really had no business making, which was great. But when you look at last night, the problem is the two goals he let in, Skinner, were huge goals, and they were really 
easy to see why they shouldn't have gone in. You know, don't don't try that poke check. Just stop the puck. Maybe watch the shot from Steven Stamkos at the blue line. Don't go down to your knees every time and then try to hunch up your shoulders and make that save because when somebody picks the corner, that's going to go in the net. But I think, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, I think it's actually okay where they are right now because if they keep playing defense the way they keep playing it, if you go 8-1 and one every nine games, I got to tell you, that's a strategy for success. That's it. That's it. And I mean, we're we're just going to overanalyze one game because that's what we have to do here. But when you look big picture, things are going pretty well. You mentioned Cal Picker, the game that was against uh, New Jersey on Sunday, where he had had 26 saves, only allowed one goal. One goal, right. What what would you do going into tomorrow's game against the Florida Panthers, a team that hasn't scored a goal uh, in about a week, and you have the opportunity to go with Stuart Skinner? Or do you go with the backup, Calvin Pickard, who gave you a quality start just uh, less than a week ago? I don't know Stuart Skinner personally, and, and I'm always a big advocate of I kind of need to be in the room to know the guys. But personally, I go with Skinner again because I'm going to bet my last dollar that he is pissed off about what happened last night. And anybody who's angry, you want to get him back in as quick as possible because it's not like we're breaking in, breaking this guy in. I mean, he's the number one goalie now. Um, I, I get him back in as, as quick as possible, and you say, look, uh, you know, at one point last night, the graphic said they'd scored 38 and given up 13 in the last eight games. Are you kidding me? If you'd have told me eight, nine games ago they're going to give up 13 goals in the next eight games, you'd have said, what? I'll take that immediately. So you can't look at one game as the barometer, especially with there were two empty net goals, right? Especially with two empty net goals, I put them right back in there. And I say, you're just going to banish that from your memory. Because like Grant Fuhrer, every goaltender's got to have the shortest memory in the history of the world. Same length as a goldfish. And I get him back in and say, just keep doing what, you, what you're what you doing. We'll keep doing what we've been doing in front of you. Steve Lansky joining us here on the Lowdown with Low Tide. Connor Halley, Declan Kruger sitting in for Al, who will return to the program on Monday. We do think it's in the community for United Sport and Cycle. Now, Steve, uh, I, I want to get your opinion. As a former producer, like you you cover these events. Now, the NHL All-Star Game, from what we've seen, reports that Connor McDavid was brought in to try to help spice it up a little bit. I remember watching the All-Star Games as a kid, and I, I think these events are kind of, you know, viewed to to get the kids into the game. I used to love watching those events, but it, it seems like it might be a little stagnant now, and, and it might have lost a little momentum. I could be totally off because I'm an old grumpy man now, but when you look at the, the NHL All-Star Game, and what they're trying to do to make it a little bit more relevant. Uh, what what can they do? What do they need to do to, to make it the event it once was? You know, that's a great question, and I, I don't have a solution. Because I think what killed the All-Star game, and what's killed a lot of All-Star games, back in the day, you could not watch every game. Every game was not on television. You could not see, te- like, let's pick the New Jersey Devils, for example. We didn't watch the New Jersey Devils 82 times this year. Back in the day... You would get them twice on a hockey night in Canada in the season, and they might play your local team once. So you might see the New Jersey Devils three times. Now, let's say you wanted to see Zach Parise, or let's say you wanted to say whomever. That was kind of one of your only chances to see them, was in that All-Star game. Well, now that doesn't exist. You can watch whoever you want, whenever you want, as many times as you want. And not even every game had more than one camera shooting highlights. This is really hard to believe, but it's a fact. There was a bunch of games in Calgary in the 80s that weren't televised 
And all the highlights were with a one-camera shoot. Well, my God, that seems barbaric now. So those days of that anticipation and that excitement of seeing these players for the first time is gone because you've seen them a million times. I don't know what the solution is because you've seen them do everything over and over. Major League Baseball's tried it with the home run contest. I think it's okay, but I, I don't. It would be a long meeting if I was in charge. I can tell you that because I'm not sure there's an equitable solution for everybody. I'm with you. That's a really good point. I mean, back in the day, you get fired up to see the stars that you don't get to see every night, and and now we exactly. do. So that's a that's a really yeah, good point. Exactly. But it's hard. It's hard to turn back the clock and explain that to people if if they don't. But you took what you could get, and that's all you could get. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, we'll see what happens. Well, Steve, thanks so much for doing this today. Really appreciate you hopping on.